a random encounter at a broadcasting facility, a shared interest and love of all things Marvel, Excelsior, a misinterpreted program title, and behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick, podcaster and comic book enthusiast, and Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and talking about the topic at hand, which is Shang-Chi. The Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm really glad you said that because I really did forget the uh, extra title. Well, I needed the end in between. But anyway, it's a conjunction. Before we get into that usual rigmarole of talking about the movie at hand, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Here we go. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at... The Marvelists. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Peter Melnick. I'm on TikTok, at Peter Melnick, but better... You can also find Eddie Wilson on social media, and that is... On Instagram, at Eddie9193, and the easiest, I think, of all. Facebook, Eddie Wilson. Look for the guy in the sunglasses. Well, what color sunglasses, Eddie? Dark. I mean, it's dark is dark. That's it. Live is life. Opus, 1986. Good song. In a recent ad campaign. In fact, TV. Probably a different version of the song because every single version is different. I kind of love that. How many versions are there? Well, I've never heard one of the same version. It's because it's a live song, so it's always supposed to be performed live with every version. One, one and done. I don't think they recorded they any other. They never did a studio version. No, it's a live version. Yeah, that's so it. Every single version is different. It's kind of neato torpedo like that. La la la. Anyway, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Marvelists. For as little as $3 a month to as much as... <clears throat> I'm sorry, do you need a throat drop? $3 a month gets you early access to episodes, our undying love and gratitude. $5 a month gets you bonus shows, including Fantastic Voyage, where we cover the 102-plus issues of Stanley and Jack Kirby's legendary, iconic, and even... Fantastic! Run of... The Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. You can also hear us talk about a series called You Haven't Read That, where Eddie Wilson... I do. What does he do? Read and discuss. Richards! No, no, that's the Fantastic Voyage. Uh-huh. It's all connected. But Stuff never read before. That you should have. Yes. On our August episode, what were we talking about? Watchmen. On our June episode, what were we talking about? Batman. No, which Batman. The Dark Knight Returns. boy, Eddie. And in our October episode, what will we be talking about? The Walking Dead. What are you having for dinner? To be determined. Exactly. But, Eddie, but, you can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms. Tune in Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, among many others, all available for all iOS and Android devices. Go to iTunes where you go on there, rate, review, review subscribe, subscribe, share. Five stars, if yeah, you are ever, ever so inclined. inclined. Do you remember? What was that day in September? of September. Mm-hmm. Thought we were both singing words together. 
but we're going back to iTunes. Broken ice cream machines and whatnot. Five star because, yeah. Anyway. Also, belowthecollar.com slash... Oh, Marvelists. Because if you've made it... This far. You are, in fact, dad joke immune. immune. And when you do... Do. Realize that. Well, first off, when you do do, <laughs> that's a poop joke. We're not immune to those kinds Clean of things. Clean it up. My whole life is... <laughs> that's an inside joke that I will not be getting into. Clean it up now. But when you do... Get our dad joke immune t-shirt. One size fits you. Exactly. Although I don't think they're going to be able to get the shirt to you in a timely manner because as of right now, what? that shirt is being sold through BelowTheCollar.com, which is a subsidiary of One Hour Tees, which also owns ProWrestlingTees.com. And shout out to company friends of the show, All Elite Wrestling, because they are currently blowing that store up. Their shirts are currently going th- They hired extra staff to process orders. We'll pretend it's for our show, but it's not. But we'll pretend it's for our show. But a certain best in the world signed up for uh, that company, and their shirts are next to impossible to get right now. But if you love us, buy the shirt, and, you know, we'll love you back. Yeah. I guess it's what we do, eh? Yeah, that's what we do. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. I do have an itchy back. I'm Harry. I'm Italian and German. What do you expect? Um, proper grooming, perhaps? Sir. Yeah. Eddie, you ignorant slut. <laughs> How dare you? This episode, we are talking about Shang-Chi. I hope so. And on it, we're going to be, first off, by the way, just a mini dedication of this episode to pal of the show, Nick Wells. Nick was going to be on this episode, but plans change, pal. And as a result, he was not able to make it. But we Not be- of our doing, so yeah. Mini dedication, mega Shang-Chi fan. Oh, yeah. To the point where he owns the first appearance. He owns every single action figure of the character right now. And then some. He just ordered the hot toy of him. He just ordered a Funko Pop that's signed by Simu Liu. And yeah, let's get into talking about the movie. Good. I'd like to know how to say his name. Simu Liu? Simu Liu. Got it. And this... So... I love the hell out of this movie. I Sean. Sean he starts off as. Yes. Well, no. Yeah, he does start off as so Sean. his name tag says. I love, I love all of the dynamics of characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think overall... Actually, but I want to ask you this. When you go to these movies, Eddie, do you bring like a clipboard with you with, to write notes down? It's dark, so I don't. I think I tried doing that. I, I remember that it, once. It, some t- a couple of times, but now it's just, let's go with whatever do, I'm going to recall. Do people look at you like... Is he a movie studio executive writing down notes? Of yeah, I'm not looking at anybody else, really, so. Oh. Otherwise, they might think I'm trying to pick a fight. Or I have been, I think I've actually been asked, what's that for? Uh, we're recording, you know, whatever, that kind of. I've been asked that actually more at concerts, but not of recent uh, time. I think I gave that up two years ago. That's honestly, And I'm good with that. Really? Well, yeah, with the set list, because you can get the set list available on setlist.fm. Yes. Did you remember, Did you finally realize that? Oh, I've known that a while, a while ago. It's a good website, but anyway, Sean, Shang Chi. There we go. Easy for me to say. But this episode, we are talking about the movie, and I would say overall, it's an absolute blast, and I cannot recommend this movie enough. Just right off the bat, it's it's one where you didn't have to look at your watch. I don't think to know that it's two hours and twelve minutes. I mean, I not to say you knew. Oh, I know how long that it kept moving. It was good, and I think what one of my doubts was. 
or uncertainties was how's he going to fit in this character into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And by putting names and characters and cameos, yeah, there's a great segue into this for sure. We got a lot of cameos in this movie, and I'm just going to get to what I consider to be one of the big ones. And it might be a big one to some, and other ones are just going to be like, really, jackass, you're saying that? I'm like, yeah, I am. Trevor Slattery returns to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You might know Trevor Slattery under another name. He's here, but he's not here. He's here. It's complicated. He's a terrorist. And it's about time I got to do with some validity and ask the question, where's the Mandarin? Oh, he's he's there, but not the character that you think he is. Oh, okay. But I always find it funny. A lot of people complained about Ben Kingsley's character, and I like how these movies find ways to take the older movies that might not have worked and find a way to fine-tune it in a later movie. So when you do rewatch it in a later rewatch, you're like, oh, this movie is not as bad as I remember because they found a way to explain that away. So you have that prior yeah. knowledge now, and you're like, oh, okay, that's why that guy's that thing, and it's not as bad as I remember. This movie's kind of boring, but it's still not as bad as I remember. Iron Man 3 was pretty boring. <laughs> but... In regards to that character coming back, he got the biggest laughs out of everyone in the movie. In the theater I was in, like that was the most consistent, like you know, reactions to. I'm not sure if I completely agree with that. We well, saw your theater. We saw, I think, different showings. Well, yeah, the same, the same evening. Three, did you see 3D? No, already? so you saw yours. I think 45 minutes before I did. Something oh, I saw effect. before you. You, no kidding. All right, so be that as it may. We also may saw not. before Shang-Chi superfan Nick Wells, which, again, Nick, I'm kind of surprised, ooh, I'll be ooh, honest. Ooh, ooh, that, that hurt, I'm sure, on his part. But what I was, what differentiates somewhat is in the beginning of, well, with the trailer, let's even go with that, because we see with the preview, with the trailer, the, the ten rings are essentially armbands. instead and of cool actually looking. They are. They really are. And... You know, we get to the point where they change color from the, the I guess, menacing or... Uh, Do they affect the moods? Bl- blue. They're literally mood They're rings. They're mood rings. They gotta be. They're all arm, band, mood, ring type. Every, all the same size that just go five and five on each wrist and, and up the up the arm. But what I'm getting at here is t- ten rings. Mandarin is what I kind of equate to because in a very far ago previous episode... We talked about my first Marvel comic book, which is Marvel Superheroes, featuring the Incredible Hulk number 61, with the Mandarin on the cover. And oh, the man, title... You are eight off from a really nice number. The title of that being Ten Rings Hath the Mandarin, and that pertained to rings on each of the fingers, including the thumbs, and what each one had could do, whether it was a ray out of one ring or a gas of some kind. But that's a differentiation, I think, you know, right there. So for the movie, if nothing else, we have 10 rings that are essentially armbands. And one of the things about going over back over to the Trevor Slattery and the Mandarin in this version, it's funny because I, when that movie Iron Man 3 had initially come out, a lot of people were upset with Ben Kingsley, just the initial casting of, why aren't you making the character like the one in the comics? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen... If you've read the comics, at least the original source material from the 1960s, 1970s, mm. he's a pretty racist-looking character. Like, really, really offensive. And when you go over to Shang-Chi, early ones of that are kind of offensive, too, in certain elements. That's why, like, Jim Starlin, by the way, 
he's kind of disavowed the character in some ways. Like, if you notice ever so slightly, he's like, he doesn't really make a big deal about it compared to Thanos, where this, you know, Shang-Chi was just a, hey, I, I need a paycheck. <laughs> like, you know, on that, I just thought of it after, after watching the film and, of course, going through and seeing the credits and the scenes we'll get to. Was See, Jim was Jim Starlin's name listed? I don't know, but I saw a special thanks to Matt Fraction, and I yes. literally go, "What?" Yeah, right. As a fan of the comic Sex Criminals and uh, his run on Hawkeye, let me tell you, I'm just like, "Wow, Matt Fraction is going to be in there." But it was funny because, like, going back over to the original characters, the original interpretations, I knew people that were like, "Why aren't they doing it that way?" Well, because it's kind of offensive as shit, dude. But also, you look at the version of um, Shang-Chi and his backstory, they had to retcon a lot of stuff. And if you notice, not just because of, you know, well, it's 2021, you can't really do that nowadays. Yep. And also, copyright issues. Because if mm. you go over to the original source material of Master of Kung Fu, who is Shang-Chi's dad? Fu Manchu? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not really something you want to do nowadays. No, no, and you can't. I yeah. think the whole thing about using the name, I think Cop I read that. Copyrights, uh, of course, but it's also like, uh, <laughs> You know, you just you can't do that. You're and definitely isolating uh, an audience. Many people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the new version of this, I love the character of Shang-Chi's dad in here, whose name I don't remember offhand. I'm really bad with these things. Well, the the actor, I think it was Tony Leung. Papa Shang. Papa, yeah. Papa Shang. You get a pizza and there's like a little uh, little pepper in the side. No, I was thinking of the, the little white small, but could be a table that holds the box from hitting the pizza. Does, does he, did, he, did they do that? Because we don't have a Papa John's by us anymore. Why are we talking about Papa John's? Because it's dinner time, I guess. Well, I had pizza for dinner. Then that's why we're talking about. Yeah, but I had good pizza. Well, that's fine. I'm glad to hear that. Frank's was pretty good. They had a chicken marsala pizza. Oh, direct. Oh my God, it had mushrooms in it too. <laughs> Big old mushrooms, and you're just like, that's a lot of mushroom. I think though, yes, this was very multi-audience friendly. I was expecting two things. I was thinking would happen. One did, one didn't, and that was a nice thing. There were not as much. I don't know, or it didn't affect me like I thought it might. Overly heavy with martial arts sequences. They were there. There were fight scenes. That was. I would have been fine with fine more martial good. arts. I was actually looking forward to the idea of more martial arts stuff. Although the amount it was was pretty good. Yeah. But you're you're not a martial arts movie fan, or you just have not been exposed to much. Eh, I probably haven't been exposed to much. So there's some good. Like, if you look in the movie, there's movie posters for different things. One of which I thought of you instantaneously. Absolutely. And you know which one? The Warriors. Cling cling cling. The Warriors, the but, first one you see on his wall in the, uh, well, I guess it's a makeshift garage that he's you fashioned all, a bit of an apartment out of or whatever. You also or see room. a poster for Kung Fu Hustle. Yep. And I, I think part of why Kung Fu Hustle is shown in there is also, you know, it's a little uh, show of goodwill towards Sony who owns that movie. Mm -hmm. So uh, Columbia TriStar. But the other thing I noticed was a poster for the legendary hip-hop group Outkast for Stankonia. Which I always jokingly say is my favorite Greek dish, but it's got you got the feta cheese, you got the uh, mush or the. Uh, well, then it earns the name, doesn't oh. it? Okay, I didn't realize it I was love out. a good stankonia, but what I did expect to see, and I did was not disappointed. I kind really of thing. hope it wasn't a sexual move or something. I just no, said when I go, I love you, a good stankonia. Yeah, no, the subtitles. You had to be making sure you really were paying attention because when they went to Japanese, Chinese. 
Asian, for being generic about it, you needed to make sure you caught up on, on the subtitles. Or you just go with, I don't know. But in, re- <laughs> in regards to the subtitle stuff, I've been essentially training myself for subtitles for a very long time. Like lately, when I watch a movie on Netflix, when I watch a movie on D- the award-winning Disney+, Plus, when I watch things on uh, Peacock and whatnot, I always have subtitles on because like it's sometimes it's hard to hear something so you're just like yeah let me just put I have found that out yes with with Disney Plus with which series now and let's be honest let's be honest some of the the sound mixes for these movies or shows are atrocious like did you see the Dark Knight's uh, the Dark Knight Rises in theaters I yeah I think so with Bane Bane talks like this yeah yeah the sound mix on the original theatrical cut of that is absolutely terrible. Mm. To the point there when, first off, they did, I believe, if I remember correctly, like two weeks into the theatrical run, they did a mini recall and quickly gave them new copies of the movies with a different sound mix so you could understand what the hell he was saying. That and got then, by somebody, and, and that was a bad move. And then on Blu-ray and DVD, they, re- they like changed you know his audio again like to make it sound like, you know, He's actually speaking words, ladies and gentlemen. He's not going. <laughs> Although, to be completely honest, like those, the Nolan Batman movies are notorious for bad sound mixing in terms of like you know audio. Like, mm-hmm. I don't wear hockey pads. Wasn't it? <laughs> for two years, or not two years, but like up until when the movie came out on DVD, where you could see the subtitles, I knew people, myself included. I don't wear hockey pants. <laughs> not pads, pants. So, okay, Chris Nolan, when you're not so being so far up your own ass, you know, just pay attention to the audio. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Next, yes, I would like a uh, like some of the Stankonia to go. Yes, please. <laughs> and we'll All know right. where you're going <laughs> as he ups and exits the room. I just we need to get up more because my booty hurt. Oh, we're doing a double here, ladies and gentlemen. Just you know, this well, is this is part two. If you couldn't tell, what we do for our loved ones, our AKA our audience on a holiday weekend, holiday row. Oh, what oh, doubt oh, is oh, this? Oh, oh, oh. What doubt? What date is this? It was the third of September. The date that will be and was is the release date. September 3rd. Hashtag Papa was a Rolling Stone Temptations. Although if you're one of the cool kids like me, you know, you go for the preview show and you don't have to worry about, you know, the movie on release day. That's when everyone buys the tickets. Usually. Yes, we saw it September 2nd. It's pretty great. Mm, yeah. And but, Eddie, but you know, times times have changed because you used to have to wait till a minute past midnight on release day to see an early I mean early. Jeez. It's midnight for crying out loud. Those are suckers, ladies so- and gentlemen. <laughs> Somebody did good by that, but now, but now, even better to be able to see multiple shows. I don't know, four o'clock or after, six o'clock or after the night before the official release date is okay now. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, hey, we can make more money. Let's do this. Okay. I mean, in all honesty, yeah, because it gives you extra showings, you know, an extra day worth. Yeah, and people do go to the preview showings. And there hi we there. But hi there. Mm-hmm. So what? So what theater were you in? I was in num- number nine. Oh, I was in three. Oh well, we could have waved. Well, maybe not. No, we could have. Even number or odd numbers. That yeah. side of the building, yeah. Okay. You were all the way down. You were by the wall. The beginning of the, the aisle there. But anyway, 
this movie also, like I said, you know, we get the reappearance of Trevor Slattery, the uh, other Mandarin who is not an orange. But oh. what I love is we also get cameos. And apparently the one cameo that we're getting is not going to be the last we see of this character, potentially very soon, Abomination. Yeah, that's who I thought it must have been. And it was. Mm-hmm. And it was good. And seeing that character just randomly pop back up in the Marvel Universe, it's a... I don't know where you can utilize Abomination. <laughs> right. Like, he could be a heavy in a future movie. I think Abomination could become a good guy, if anything. Because in the relationship he has with Wong, they're just like, yeah, you messed my shit up, but see you later. See you tomorrow. <laughs> And I I also love that Wong is essentially in a fight club. Like, when you really think about it, like, Wong would be the last person to be in a fight club, but he is in there. And I cannot get enough of Wong utilizing the portals. I don't know why. Like, ever since I saw him walking into a portal with his suitcases and just piecing out of there, yep, see you guys later. See you later. Well, to me, he was the key, the transition, the segue to Shang-Chi into the Marvel Universe. The linchpin, if you will. David Lynchpin, even. Oh, okay. Today is September 3rd, and if you can believe it, it's a Friday once again. I had to go back on the levels. <laughs> no, I just wondered where that was going. I was okay. quoting David Lynch every week. <gasps> okay. And if you can believe it. I love David Lynch. He yells all the time. But he's normal, which is weird. He's, well, he's normal for David Lynch. <laughs> David Lynch goes, this movie This movie is about God. Can you elaborate on that? No. That's the perfect way to just discuss okay, anything. Okay, because well, you're halfway to Gilbert Gottfried Can with you that, elaborate on that? No. <laughs> Thanks, David. You're welcome. This cherry pie is delicious here in Twin Peaks. Eddie, we need to do a Twin Peaks podcast. Sure. Another thing to watch. Oh, you should. Well, there's only three seasons, Eddie. Oh. And a movie. No sweat. So you're good. Uh huh. Well, unless you're watching in a really hot room. Yeah, then I'm hot and sweaty. <laughs> God, we really do a lot of unbearable puns, don't we? <sighs> anyway, back to Shang-Chi because that's what people are here to listen Wong. to. Wong! What is Wong? Nothing. What? Nothing's Wong right now. Everything is okay. Everything is correct. Nothing's Wong. Everything, everything right is wrong again. So what? They might be giants. But let's get into other characters in the movie. We have Aquafina's character of Katie, who I could not get enough of. Well, in this I think movie. she. You said your audience was really reacting the most to to uh, Slattery, but it I, was a mixture, to be honest. I dare say it was Katie in my viewing. Katie had a lot of solid lines and a lot of solid interactions, and she's she reminds me of the secondary characters in the Netflix shows, such as Daredevil, Jessica Jones, etc., etc., in that I don't know if they will bring her into a team movie. Darcy! But what I'm saying... There, I'm going with Thor, yeah. But does she show up in things like The Avengers? No. Well... WandaVision, but that was but another, that, you know, that that's something completely different. I know, but you just along those same lines. But in regards to like bringing her in a team movie, I don't know if I could see her alongside, you know, like her showing up and like Hi Thor, how are you? I'm good, verily. Oh look, it's Korg. Amen. 
That's the end of my... Th- oh, man, we are off to a rousing start with this episode. We really, truly, and definitely are. But what else, Eddie? She did a great job as as the, in the role of Katie. Absolutely. She was right on top of things, and wherever something could be made light of, perhaps, it was. Even if she dropped, you know... A little, a little bad word, but it kind of fit the mood. Especially, oh no! She even said a start, bad word. starting with even before she had to wind up driving the bus, the double, that, double extended bus that all of a sudden had no brakes because of the guy with the extended sword out of ra- his hand. Razor, razor fist. Razor fist. That's right. It's on the car. That's ra- right. I wanted razor fist, and I wish the character didn't die. I would love to see razor fist meet taser face. And I kind of thought of taser face. Ta- so, yeah. Characters like that with names like that—they're so damn dumb, and I love the hell out of names like that. Like. That is like a 12-year-old who got a notebook, and he's like just drawing comic characters mm-hmm. and just adding pouches to every single one of them. Blood fart, coming soon. <laughs> that is really not, no. Well, that's, that's a comic, Eddie. Oh, even. Well, now it is. Yeah. Eddie Wilson presents Blood Fart. I'm crediting, I'm crediting Blood Fart to you, by the way. Here and only here. This is where it ends. Eddie Wilson, the creator, the provocateur of Blood Fart. <laughs> Welcome to the circus. Oh, man. This, that line from our close personal acquaintance, Mark Ruffalo, I loved hearing that line from him. And I will be honest, when he showed up, I go, oh, wow, <laughs> in the theater, <laughs> like a complete dork. Yep. But... I got to ask, because those scenes, among a couple others, could you tell they were shot during COVID times? Because I certainly could. Like, for example, the scene of Shang-Chi's dad fighting Shang-Chi's mother in that little area, and it's all CGI. It literally looks like they just shot in a green screen room with two people in there doing their thing. And I'm like, oh, it, it it's weird, you know? If I looked a little bit more closely, I guess I could have but detected just, that also. Just but I, realizing I, that, you know? I was realizing that in the course of their fighting and the close-ups, that it's like, oh, oh, they're going to fall in love. They're going to be a thing, an item. That that was definitely not the point I was talking about, but yeah, here well, we are. But in regards to like just the production of how they do stuff like that, I really enjoy that element. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of you have to adapt in these times. It's kind of cool to be able to see these technical innovations. And while they are a bit of a nuisance right now with how everything is, the accomplishments of what can be done in these difficult times is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And seeing, like I said, those characters at the very end, the uh, mid credit scene, I believe, seeing that mid credit scene got me. And but we're going to be, I don't know if you know, when a movie recently comes out, we jump all over the place on the topic. Whereas mm-hmm. if a movie has been around and, you know, we go scene by scene, but this is a little different because, you know, we don't have the movie on hand. We don't have really a, you know, note by note scene of what the movie is, but I digress. And just a one view recall type yeah. thing. Yeah. But in regards to seeing those appearances of the core Avengers and seeing Carol Danvers return, seeing Bruce Banner return, by the way, in human form. Yes. Which is very interesting, so we'll see what happens there. Supposedly, rumor and innuendo is he retir- returns in the She-Hulk series and becomes human form again through there. So the viewing order of this stuff is going to be so damn complicated. Well, throw in the fact that, yes, and I think before we saw the image of Bruce, you heard him first, 
And I said, wait, that, that sounds like, and boop, that's who it was. Boop indeed, Eddie. And what I think I saw on one site already, it might have been actually Wikipedia, that that talked about the fact that you see Bruce's holographic image wearing the sling. No, he was just a force ghost from uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, no way. Why is that ghost sitting on a log? I'm referring to the Obi-Wan Kenobi scene. Oh. The ghost got tired, so he sat on a log. That's right. It's time to rest. I got bump on a log. But it's funny because you're seeing, by the way, the return of Carol Danvers, and I'm sure a bunch of uh, fanboys who make YouTube channels and use as their thumbnails a mildly disgusted photo or a photo of uh, Brie Larson where she looks mildly, you know, disinterested or something, and they put up headlines like, Brie Larson is hated by the cast of the Avengers and other shitty websites. But I think it's funny that people are not realizing at this point oh, yeah, she was very disinterested and, you know, monotone in Captain Marvel because she was controlled, and now she has a personality. That's why her personality is showing in the movies. You baby-brained idiots. I think there was an insight. The internet's tiring, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why you have to disengage. And I sure do. Disconnect. Power down. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. we got to have that more often. Sir! I think. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Oh, crap. Yeah, you blew out your own head so with, with that one. That's very I good. I blew up my head like like the movie Sp- uh, Scanners, David Cronenberg. Oh, damn. That's a big, yeah, yeah. 1981, I think. That's or something. a big watermelon. That's exactly right. Splatter everywhere. Oh, man. We should do like a we should do a Scanners uh, no, episode. we should not. Eddie Wilson talks Scanners. That's Clean a, up on aisle whatever. That's all the aisles. Ugh. The Carol Danvers cameo holographic appearance has her, I guess, responding, it looks like, to that beeper of hers and then says, oh, got to go, whatever. And I think Bruce said, well, yeah, she does that a lot. Um, Yeah, maybe a couple of times, at least that we know of. So we don't know if that's going to tie into anything, if that's just another way for her to be done with her cameo or there was something else that we will get back to what she went to respond to, perhaps. Well, with the movie, I had a conversation with friend of the show, Daiko, of uh, a stark he, contrast podcast. And we're talking about it. And the comment I remarked to her was, are we going to see or, you know, I'm interested in seeing how he interacts Shang-Chi and Katie with the rest of the Marvel Universe? Because, yes, we've got the ancillary characters like a Abomination, Wong, uh, Trevor Slattery. <laughs> yes. But then you see him interacting with the the core people like a Carol Danvers and Bruce Banner. And it got me thinking, like, what's going to happen when you see him interact with a character like Rocket Raccoon or Groot or Drax the Destroyer? It's going to be really weird to see, but I'm I'm there for it. Because characters like... And that's why, like, when I watch or when I read the comics, even, newer stuff at the very least, like, you know, Brian Michael Bendis era onward, when I read stuff like Daredevil... It does feel weird to see Daredevil show up in things like an X-Men comic or an Avengers comic or, you know, be in relation with the Guardians of the Galaxy somewhere because those characters, yes, they're in the same universe, but you never see them. So when you do see them interact with each other, it feels weird. It feels different, but it's noticeable. You, yeah. you it, it drags your attention. It catches your attention. There we go. That's the proper term. And I'm just trying to think of... the. Virtue of the fact that where they're geographically located, it's not that far of a drive. And meanwhile, you know, early issues like in the uh, the dawn of the Marvel Age of Comics in the early 1960s, like I said, you know, in the previous episode of 
hypothetically speaking, I brought up that, you know, I'm reading the Fantastic Four stuff. I'm a little further ahead of everybody. And, like, Daredevil shows up, and he teams up with the Fantastic Four. But it's like, that version of the character makes sense to see interacting with the Avengers, with Spidey, with the Fantastic Four. But then later on, as the years go by, he's, like, further disconnected from them, and it doesn't work. It feels weird. Like, even in the 1980s, when you see him show up in the Fall of the Mutants storyline... And and Nascenti brings him on over in there. It's weird. But, it, like, again, it makes that interaction special because yes. he's been so disassociated with everybody for so long. And that's why when we see a character like Shang-Chi show up, I'm interested to see where he's going to fit in in the overall Marvel landscape. Well, he's in San Francisco right now. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Topographic Eddie. So there we are. But... I mean, he is in San Francisco, and you know who else is in San Francisco, although in a Tony different... Bennett. Oh, Eddie, Eddie. I left my heart in San Francisco. Well, I left my heart in Sammy Clancy. Oh, wait, so he's, some, so he's somewhere else then. Okay, never mind. There's another character, although in a different cinematic universe, kind of. Already. Oh. And you saw that preview, I'm sure. Kind of disappointed with the previews beforehand that we didn't see the... Uh, no oh, Way Home trailer, by the way. Uh, I would have liked yeah. to have seen Mal- Alfred Molina's big head on the big screen. <laughs> but instead, you know, we actually got to see, by the way, the uh, Eternals uh, second trailer for the first time yep. last night. Because I kind of held off. I'm just like, I don't give a shit about the Eternals, ladies and gentlemen. I, st- I kind of felt the same way about Shang-Chi. And now here I am with a Shang-Chi Marvel Legends figure. Go figure that one out. Mm-hmm. But with the character of, or with, you know, these characters, like, I didn't care about Shang-Chi before. Guess who's on board? That guy. Yeah, this one. Peter Melnick. That girl. That show. You remember that show, Eddie? Yes, I thought you were doing the Who's That Girl Madonna no, song I'm for a second. the show That Girl. Yeah. She was hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being honest. Some of the times, okay. But in regards to other characters in the Marvel Universe, in the Shang-Chi Universe, you're introduced also to Shang-Chi's sister, and Shang-Chi's sister, I love that she started her own underground fight club, you know, where they fight on the dark web. Shout out, by the way, to Ed Pisker, uh, Red Room, fun and, prof- or fun and Profit on the Dark Web. Murder and murder for whatever. Just check out a Cartoon Escape Abe video. He does a better pitch for that than I do because he's a professional and I'm not. <gasps> but in regards to that, you know, you see her as this character and I'll be honest, like I kind of viewed her as a villain very briefly and then she's like revealed, oh, she's a good guy all along. She comes off in the beginning as, yes, a, a very a hostile. Ben. Yeah. Well, like I did think all those like, years oh, of being ticked off at her brother for leaving her. And like, oh no, she might be a villain. Who knows? Oh, I'm wrong. Good. But, but then she's out on the, well, on the scaffolding outside the building to try and uh, get away from the uh, the bad guys, and then you know eventually we're also in cor- we are introduced of course to the main villain. I can't believe it took us this long to mention him, but Shang Chi's papa, Mm-mm. who I feel is one of the strongest Marvel villains. Again, the humanized characters, although he's a you know an immortal god with rings on him and everything, you know he's powerful, he's old as yeah, hell. Yeah, and we do get the setup though right at the beginning to know where this character is coming from because he comes into possession of these rings, but he only so- seeks to use them to to get more and more. Power. Yeah, it makes me feel great, by the way. I'm older than Shang-Chi. Does it feel? Does it really? He's 1996. Oh, oh that okay. That makes me yeah. feel great. Mm-hmm. 
what did I do with my life? <laughs> He's a superhero. I couldn't be that. In a suburb of upstate Sullivan County, New York. I'm not in a suburb. I'm in the middle of the woods. It sucks like hell. Well, that's the word that came to mind, so let's deal with it. My neighbor's a raccoon. This is true. <laughs> but in regards to the, the villain of the father, again, I love that spoilers, obviously. And um, Unless you have not seen the movie, you're an idiot for listening to this episode because we have well, spoilers up the wazoo. The yeah. Great Wazoo, even. Or Grand Wazoo, Frank Zappa. The Great Cat Zoo. No. Dumb, dumb. Okay. But <laughs> in regards to the father, I love that at the end, he has his redemption. Because the whole issue with the mother, turns out he becomes a good guy all along. He sacrifices himself, and he learns his lesson. Because we have that story thread and that little you know hint of he will be a good guy. He's got to be a good guy because... His wife had tamed him, essentially, made him into a hero, and then it all went to hell, and now he's got one more shot at redemption by doing the ultimate sacrifice. Because he was hallucinating, maybe, that he heard, he thought, his beloved through the wall. Which nope, is a big-ass dragon. Big butt dra- that should have been stayed, locked up, and, you know, because we get into that, I don't know, supernatural sci-fi-ish, I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, you know the the monsters of Godzilla fame, kaiju and Ghidorah and so on, Mothra, that are now fighting each other towards the uh, the end of this, and and riding riding the uh, the dragon riding with cars with boys, yes, good movie. That uh, that Shang Chi and his sister are on on that also, for part for a couple of parts of that actually. So, and overall, you know, just that introduction. I would be remiss if we don't talk about one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Morris. I absolutely love Morris. And I love Katie's description of him as a chicken pig. And there's so much about that character that's genuinely wholesome and adorable. And, man, you can tell if Toys R Us was still around, there would be plush Morrises. And I'm actually really shocked that there are not. I hope Morris gets the baby Groot treatment or uh, Grogu treatment where there's a bunch of merchandise made as a result because I would love to own a stuffed Morris. It's possible. I don't know it's... where we could play. I don't know the positioning of it because it looks like, you know, it's got an ass for both sides. But it's a cute little thing. and It's got to come with sound. That's all. You would not expect a character like that to be as adorable as it is, but it is. Well, Slattery can easily understand what it's saying. He's the Morris Whisperer, and I really enjoyed that about him. Mm -hmm. But, again, I, I like that this is essentially a movie about redemption. Redemption on multiple surfaces. You have redemption of the father. And then on a, you know, literal standpoint in the Marvel Universe, you have the redemption of Ben Kingsley, which is a sad thing to say because Ben Kingsley is a phenomenal actor, but because a bunch of nerds got their panties in a twist over the fact that the Mandarin was not actually the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. But you get that character's redemption and a redemption of the character itself. I love that. I think that's... It's a cool thing to look, you know, read into, you know? Yeah, and especially when he's, you know, acting that he's playing dead. And Morris do this, you know, so Morris obliges, flip over, back. And then he still looks at him like, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm acting. He's an actor. Acting. Right. 
So overall, I would say this is definitely a fun movie. One of my things, you had said you did not turn to your watch. Hey, is the movie almost over? Pacing can be a bit of an issue with this movie. However, the action scenes more than make up for it because when the action scenes do start going, they really start going. I feel like the lulls in the movie are more of the speaking scenes, and that makes sense because it's an action movie. You want the action, and when the action is there, it hits hard and it hits fast. Again, I would be remiss. We did not talk about it, but my favorite scene in the entire movie was revealed through the trailer, but the bus scene. The bus scene is one of my favorite fight scenes in the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe if we are not counting the stair, uh, the hallway fights from Daredevil, the elevator fight from Iron Fist, among many others. At close quarters, too. I, mean, I love that. It's not the same. The bus scene is not the same as the train scene with Doc Ock and Spidey. No, it's not whatsoever, but... Yeah. It's fun, and the incorporation of these slick moves. And this was a movie where humor was there, but it wasn't there in abundance like other Marvel movies. And you'll always hear... We've, we've gone on this you know route before, but, you know, hey, so this might be somebody's first episode, whatever. But my biggest thing that, you know, fa- hardcore fans will complain about is, oh, the use of humor. Have you read a Marvel comic? Mm-hmm. Marvel incorporates a lot of humor in their books. Like one moment that always, you know, comes to mind is a conversation between a villain and Dr. Doom. And the villain says, you took everything from me. And Dr. Doom goes, you have to be more specific. Do you realize how many people's lives I ruin each week? So it's like there's the humor in there and it's slick, fast lines. And yes, that might not happen in real life, like the quick wittiness. But mostly probably is because you're hanging out with, you know, boring people. But <laughs> no, it, no. It, I'm a wise ass. I, I can say things from time to time. I'm fun to be around sometimes. Mm. <laughs> oh, Eddie, give us your candid thoughts. Some. <laughs> but in regards to some of the humor, you know, it works. Whereas, you know, you don't need a two-hour brooding fest. And yes, I'm looking at the DCEU. But incorporating humor is a valuable part of this. It's a sense of brevity. It can't always be serious. And for the most part, this movie is a serious affair for what it's trying to be. And the elements of action, the elements of mysticism and the overall mythology of the Marvel Universe are astounding. And performances from every single person involved is stellar. And that's a very hard thing for me to say Because other movies, that doesn't happen all the time. This, on the other hand, every actor does a phenomenal job. The character of Shang-Chi's aunt, she absolutely knocked it out of the park. And the, you know, each actor worked so well off of each other, and I cannot commend them enough. She definitely is worth mentioning, and she yeah. does hold her own for sure in this. And then, you know, still on a serious note, when we get to the the end credits of Shang-Chi's sister, now what, taking over the uh, the rule of this army, that they're going to get ready to, well, we've got a lot of work to do, let's get started. And that kind of makes you wonder, all right, where's this going to go from, from here? 
Is she going to be a force for good because she has the flag of the Ten Rings behind her as she's sitting on sort of a a throne-ish type of a setup there? That's a blatant way of saying, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing a sequel. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, the Ten Rings will return at the very end. But think about it like this. When you hear that, it might mean the, the Ten Rings, the character of Shang-Chi, will show up in a future Marvel pro, uh, sure. film sure. or show. I... It's he's one of those characters. You gave him to me, and now I can't get enough of the character. And the problem is, Shang Chi does not have a lot of stuff in regards to books that you know are really going to grab you. You know. But the, how could you dispute the couple of times where wasn't it in the first post credit scene, the first, the mid credit scene where I think in discussion with Wong, and Katie and Shang Chi what they could do or. And they're back to the bar singing Hotel California. I love the usage of the callbacks for that. I thought that usage of a callback, each time it was brought up, worked better than the last. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was called back twice, so it's not a lot. But the usage of it, referencing it the first time, is so damn solid. And then right when you bring it back at the very end. And taking taking the song into the part of the credits going through, yeah. And... I, I would say we're definitely in for a real ride to see what's going to happen with these characters next. And as we're introducing new characters in Phase 4, what will we get next? I don't know. But they got their own costumes. Yeah. Shang-Chi and, and uh, his sister. Yeah. Courtesy of their aunt. So, Eddie, overall, what did you think about this movie? Out of what? Five? No, four did- and a half. Four and three quarters, perhaps. I give it four and three quarters as well. Alrighty then, because it there are there were moments where it wasn't perfect, but in relation to other things, it was perfect. You know, very entertaining, very much held your attention. I believe kept things moving, whether it was an action, a fight scene, or character development, and getting the interactions of the characters down. I think maybe I was concerned not only. I don't know if concern is the right word, but just keeping up with the subtitles, like I mentioned. But perhaps if there was maybe um, a dark was any desert highway difficulty in trying to understand what the characters were saying. But I think that was not really much, if any, of a problem. You know, when it, when it comes to the action, and everything, when you have an actress from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as a major part of the film, yeah, you're you're off to the races. You know. So it's a solid recommend from me, 110%. And if you have the ability to see it, please see it. Please see it in a theater, obviously. Don't pirate this. Just go see the movie. Movies like this are, in fact, made for the big screen. Yep. Big budget action, et cetera, et cetera. But, and I'm saying this as a fan of going to the movies. I'm not saying it as a quote-unquote Disney Marvel shill. I'm saying it as someone who appreciates going to the movies, and this is one of those. I'm actually seeing it. I'm seeing it a second time. A second time at the Alamo Draft House over in Brooklyn. I'm as of this recording on September 3rd, but just the idea of being able to experience this again. It. When I went to go see Black Widow, I did not have the same thrill as I did with this movie. Although I think. This was more of a sense of, what am I getting into with this? What am, what journey is this char- character going to bring me on? Whereas you have no backstory for this, you have nothing to bring you in to say, okay, this must be about 
and nothing leading you in. This is a brand new character. Yeah, it's like, I don't know where I'm going to go. Is this going to be a new favorite character of mine? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, going over to the comics, it just bums me out that there's not really a lot of stuff for me to read with the character. Other than, you know, the 70s stuff, which is not the same kind of character. And a lot of the 90s and 2000s stuff, which is okay at best. But I hope that this character gets a revitalization in the comics and is utilized a hell of a lot more. But anyway, I think that's going to wrap this episode up. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!